Welcome to Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today we have yet another Survivor story for you. Today I'm talking to Primo Kimo, who is a very interesting guy. Him and his wife, along with some other folks, went down to Woodstock 99 in a big ol' RV pumped to the brim with bootlegged goods, uh, t-shirts mainly, knockoffs, uh, a couple different designs you'll hear about. I actually have one. That's how we were brought together, so that's always a fun uh you know, it's always nice to have a good link-up story there. And, you know, th- this story's got a lot of poop, um, a lot of good music. He saw some of the lesser scene acts. You know, we, we always talk about the Limp Bizkits and the Kid Rocks. Um, this time we get some Willie Nelsons and some Chemical Brothers. So it's a nice change of pace. And, uh, you know, they, they were a little bit older than the, the main demographic that was at Woodstock 99. So they had a whole different kind of experience. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this one quite a bit. All right, folks, I'm sitting here with Primo Chemo. Now, we ran into each other online uh, after I think it was I posted a picture of a, a Woodstock 99 bootleg shirt that I have that you made. Is that was that correct? Yeah, I was just uh, I was doom scrolling late one night and I pop, that just popped. I just saw it at the corner. I was I was like Google Images and I was like, no. And so I just, you know, followed it down the rabbit. wasn't very deep. There was just a couple of layers. Right. <laughs> and there you were. All right. Well, we're going to go all the way back now. So the year is 1999. <laughs> what are you doing in your life at that time? Where were you when you heard that the festival was announced? What was your plans to get there? Let's let's start at the beginning. Well, I would say that, uh, well, at the time I was doing um, some uh, – I guess at this point, I call it interesting things. I was a part-time DJ on a local commercial radio station that was alternative. Um, and uh, I was at the, and for the rest of the day, I was doing um, selling, just got into this new thing called eBay. And I still do that to this day. Um, and I was selling like cast off office furniture and also <laughs> like uh like herman miller though i mean it was like it was this really high quality stuff that turned out to be quite collectible but they were throwing it in the dumpsters you know and i was paying like three dollars from a office furniture place and i also bought a bunch of arcade and video games uh from the local operators who were trying to get out of it and um a couple other interesting things yeah, I, I would say that that all counts as pretty interesting. The eBay thing is actually fascinating because, like you said, you know, like people were just throwing that kind of now valuable collector stuff away, uh, probably because there wasn't an accessible way for just the average Joe to sell the shit, and you got in early. That that was pretty much it, and I've and I I have a a pretty good knack of being way too early to the party sometimes, but um, in these particular cases. Um, we call it speculative accumulation, you know, I, but at, even at the time in 99, uh, that Herman Miller stuff was pretty collectible. And with the eBay, that was some alchemy for sure. Awesome. So, I mean, and it's funny cause that the shirt that I got that brought us together, I got off of eBay, uh, <laughs> you know, because where else are you going to find oh, wow. uh, Woodstock 99 shit? So w- when did you first hear Woodstock 99 being announced and what do you think of the lineup? Well, um, I, I, I mean, when it came around, I guess I was, I mean, I, I had moved out here in 93 and I, uh, from uh, the Bay Area to Vermont. And um, so I was really close by. And somehow, 94, I was just not into doing a festival. And then 99 came around. And um, yeah, there was a, a lot of good uh, people on there that I, I hadn't seen since I'd been in the Bay Area because we, we had a lot of concerts there. But uh, as far as I wanted to see Willie Nelson, that was like huge on my list of people that I needed to see again. Um, I hadn't seen him since like the 70s. And um, Tamiroquai, a lot of the kind of regular alternative, since I was on alternative radio station, I I liked a lot of the uh, alternative bands. And my kind of newer Vermont friends were like, you got to go see Mo and... uh, 
there's sketch closet. What's that other one called? That uh, there's a string cheese <laughs> incident uh, that they played on the the pre-show day. Uh, I mean, there. It sounds like you were more into the actual Woodstock esque bands. You know, like I, like like the woods, the real Woodstock vibes. Yes, I. Well, we were going there for everything. We wanted to catch everything. We were a little older. I have to say, we were thirty. We were like elderly almost by the <laughs> average age there. So we really wanted to um, we wanted to see uh, some of the newer bands like Corn in the Limp Biscuit. You know, we wanted to see that stuff. Um, which turned out we didn't really see it up close. Yeah. We, right. we heard it from far away. So it, so you hear about it. What are your plans? Cause you sold shit there, if I'm not mistaken. So was that always the plan or, or did that come later? Like what, once you knew you were going to go. So yeah, the, the, yeah. So the concert was kind of like, um, we should go to this. Um, my, my the girlfriend I had at the time was now my wife. She was hadn't been to any big sort of festivals or anything. And so we and her sister was basically she hadn't done anything uh, remotely uh, fun in her life. So we <laughs> so, so we were we were taking her along and um, and we rented, you know, an RV. I mean, we, I, so we weren't new to festivals, and we knew what, because fish uh, festivals around here, there's uh, similar circumstances where you're camping and stuff. So the smart people, the smart money is uh, get an RV, take a ton of food, a ton of uh, alcohol, probably as a good thing. Um, <laughs> and um, if you could, like, I figured out a way to do, which was. Um, you know, sell some stuff to pay for the whole trip and your your fun. Um, so to so, speak, yeah. yeah. So to speak, exactly. So the <laughs> so the t shirts were a, a a means that I, I you know I to be, it's a little convoluted story in that I also worked for this guy who made these uh, product rip off shirts, bootlegs for at fish shows, and it was called Glide Clothing. And so um, I had worked for him early in the nineties. And so I had this idea because his idea was so great and always worked uh, and to sell these shirts for 20 bucks a piece and do this thing. So I think it all kind of came together cohesively at once. When we saw this thing to do, there was some people to um, take to this big party. We would find a way so that we could go in an RV because there's no possible way we were using, you know, communal toilets for three or four days Right, smart. Point. Yeah, that was smart. And my and my uh, girlfriend at the time also was a manager at this T-shirt shop where we could uh, use heat press and laser printer and use some so, of these things. So you didn't really have to pay. Like, like, what was your overhead if you if you can remember? Like, going into this, like, how many designs did you have? Like, what was the whole like uh, the whole the system scheme? looking like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scheme was uh, we had four four designs. We had. Four designs, I believe. And um, it was like a Hot Wheels, like the Hot Wheels logo that said Woodstock 99. And there was uh, the one that you have. There was a flower with like sort of the old school uh, scrolly uh, fonty thing through it. And then what was the fourth thing? And then the the fourth one, there was only three designs. But we did them in a couple different um, shirts. I see. Yeah, like uh, styles. Because the one I have is like a ringer, which I felt was like... You know, like it's kind of, it's a really strange shirt. You know what I mean? To find that this many years later, I was like, look at this bootleg ringer style Woodstock '99 <laughs> shirt. You know, but it would make sense that it would come from a guy and his crew in an RV and not like an actual like sanctioned <laughs> seller. Oh yeah, we were super not sanctioned. It was very. Uh, I mean, we we had we had some experiences with the with the selling that was uh, that was interesting. But at, when we first got there. I mean, we were pretty much just, you know, hanging out the RV in the slow traffic. I was walking. I mean, I was pretty aggressively selling because I wanted to um, see if we get, we had about 300 shirts. So to continue that part of the story, we we had about 300 shirts and uh, 350 shirts maybe. And our overhead was, I knew we made about six grand. Jesus. And, and our overhead was like 1500 for the RV, like. 
maybe 500 for the t-shirts and the, the the transfers and stuff so we came home with a bunch of cash after spending all the cash we had at any given time but somehow we got to sock a little away over the course of the weekend yeah that's great i mean you might be one of the few people i mean granted you were selling stuff but to like come home with uh, more than you came with you know <laughs> well, we, took, we brought food we brought food and booze and water and we, you know, we shared it as, you know, pretty, pretty uh, liberally with our neighbors. But uh, we, we came prepared to party. Right. So <laughs> what, what, when did you get there? Because there was the pre-show day on Thursday and then the whole thing starts Friday. Like, when did you arrive? What's it looking like when you're setting up your area and then walking into the gate? Let, let's 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 head into the festival, if you will. Sure. Uh, so, um so, so I, I mean, I'm. This is we're we're setting. Yeah, we're we're going back in time. So I'm trying to recall what I recall from those days. The impressions that I remember is that we we drove from Vermont. So and we got there pretty early on, at least the Thursday. I mean, it, unless it was even the Wednesday. I, I we might have stayed in a campground or something the day before. I can't remember. But we got there as soon as we could. And uh, RVs were not allowed on the tickets and no RVs, but, you know, we and like 500 other people just ignored that. And um, yeah, what are you going to do? They kind of put us way in the way, way back. They're like RVs in the way back where our walk would have been as long as it was between stages. I mean, it would have been like a mile or uh, probably like it was at least a mile, I think. Um, and so we were like not super happy with that. So we kind of hung out at the RV a little for like two hours. And then all of a sudden, all the RV people just charged forward. And we moved our whole RV flock up probably about, uh, you know, more than halfway. Right. Um, uh, it closer. was an uprising. It totally was. And we all sat there. We were kind of proud of ourselves through the afternoon. And I think I sent you a I think I sent you a picture of the afternoon on that first day we were there. It was gorgeous, uh, orangey sunset with, uh, you know, some flags. I mean, it looked like an old school dead concert. So it was a really good vibe on that first day, like really good vibe. And that that first day being the pre-show day, uh, correct? That that Thursday, yes, yeah. So yeah, th th yeah. and that's interesting because you know the the acts that played during that pre-show. I mean, with the exception of maybe one or two, it's it was Woodstock's for Woodstock kind of sake, you know. And we're like, and from what you're telling me, it seems like that was kind of what everyone was getting from it. Was like, oh, this is actually Woodstock. Like, was there a big difference like the very next day when the festival actually started? Well, it was it was it was hot. It was, you know, we could tell right away it was, it was, uh, you know, once we were on that Air Force base or whatever it was, uh, it was, it was barren. You know, you could tell that it was like really, there was not a tree to be seen. So <clears throat> there was no sense that you could run for cover anywhere. Um, that was my, you know, I just, it was hot. Right. It was hot. <laughs> and, and were you carrying like your wares throughout the festival or was that something you kind of kept more towards like the campground areas, like the selling? So, so what, well, no. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I was pretty aggressive. Um, I, we definitely did the campground areas, but we went in with, I had a backpack with, you know, they, if they checked it, I don't, I don't even recall them checking it. All they'd see is clothes. You know, they didn't really, I didn't, they didn't appear to be um, just a backpack's worth of uh, shirts, maybe 20, 25 shirts. And then we go into like the, uh, the beer tent and just be like, you know, just slinging our wares over in the corner in the shady little corner, you know, just like a uh, looking shady. There actually was no shade. Right. And, and, and that was, you know, that's how we did it at first. And, um, and that got us a, a pretty uh, long ways towards, uh, selling them right so i mean and as you're just walking through you know selling them gathering cash like what are some of the first acts you remember seeing like on that first main day on that friday well i, I mean just in general i'm a pretty um just i'm just not i'm not always i'm just doing what i'm doing i'm not always paying attention to specifically where i'm supposed to be at any given time and as i looked through i had to refresh myself to see who i actually saw you know, during the concert and, um, 
you know, we saw like the, in the beginning, I can say that I don't, I don't remember. I, we, I know we went to go see insane clown posse. And again, we sort of had, a um, we were bumped backwards by kind of some craziness. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty crazy, were you fans of ICP? No, no. Um, <laughs> What'd just you walking think? right in there, just like a like big, you know, just pie faced people. You know, just I just want to see what's going on here. You know, I haven't seen, I've heard about them, sure. But, what, what, uh, what were your thoughts like seeing? I mean, a band like 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 that. You know, granted, you were you were far back, but I mean, that was a pretty raucous crowd. You know what I mean? So were you yeah. starting to like be like, oh, this isn't like a normal Woodstock or not like really the Woodstock in the way that it's remembered in Americana, you know, was there any sense of that during ICP? I don't I, personally. I mean, I felt like, uh, it was a kind of a, I, I believe if I recall that was on like the, a small, it wasn't, the stage wasn't huge and, um, it didn't in the people that were in there, it was a small group compared to the big stage. So we had, um, I didn't feel, you know, particularly threatened at the time. Um, but uh, we were, we were, uh, we were feeling good. I mean, we were having a fun time the whole time. And I, I do recall, you know, at somewhere in that, I don't, was it a Friday night? Maybe. Um, was corn at the same time? I think maybe that would have been like of... maybe an hour or so uh, after yes. ICP, but on that same day. Yeah. On the other yeah, stage, so on the, the big one. So we couldn't. We heard corn, and the, and it was like all the way back. But the biggest problem with with all those bands over anybody who was raising a ruckus over at the big stage was that those water bottles were flying. So there was really no reason to go over there and get smacked in the face in like dusk, you know, where you can't see stuff coming right. at you. Right. So, and I had, you know, there was two. Uh, we did actually. So I would say that it must have been corn where we saw some people come out of it. Um, uh, so, you know, like looking pretty haggard and like, you know, beat up, but not not dead or dying, but just like really rough, really worked for the wear. Um, I, I do recall that. Was that something that you had, you know, seen at, at concerts or, or had you seen no. anything like that kind of rough before? No, I mean, I did grow up in the Bay Area, so Metallica, the Cow Palace. I mean, I've been to shows where the, I'm, I'm too – I was smaller at the time. I'm larger, but I'm still short. Um, at the, You know, I, I wasn't going to get involved in that kind of thing, so I, 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 I can get to the sides pretty easily and see what's going on. Um, it was um, pretty large. It was a large uh, whirlpool of people. Right. What was that? I mean, again, you know, the, with Woodstock, there's the idea of it. Right. Then, then there's the reality yeah. of it. Like, oh, yeah. was that yeah. was that one of the first signs that like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> not necessarily Woodstock in the way that a lot of people were assuming it was going to be? Was it was there any well, did, there? Or was it even still not that crazy yet? I I just, you know, you know and I have um, I took I took a second and listened to some of your past podcasts and I didn't want to like re, you know remind myself of too many things but one interesting thing you said I think it might have even been your last one that you had um was that there was this vibe of like people trying out new things for the first time and so with the ICQ a boob painting operation that they had going on there. There was a lot of women with um, painted boobs. And I thought that was the greatest thing in the world, but I don't, I don't think everyone took it quite as uh, playfully, you know? Um, and right. I did. And I, and I really think that, so, you know, you had a, a lot of people trying out freedom of expression, you know, in a great fun, good way. And then some that were trying it out in a aggressive new way to them you know so i got that feeling right and how prevalent like was was that vibe of like it was the... widespread for sure i mean there was there was so so much nudity and so much uh uh you know board shorts i mean that was just that's what there was so <laughs> were, were the women that you were with like at, at any point where did they like kind of voice that they were uncomfortable or or that you know hey stay close don't lose me kind of a thing or was it 
you know, just all this shit's going on around you and you're just pushing through it? Or was there kind of an awareness that like, hey, like things are getting a little crazy around here? Well, I, I'll have to say that I don't think anybody was too. I mean, until the last night, it was it was pretty apparent. We all were just like, let's, you know, let's stay relatively, you know, let's know where we are. I mean, uh, and um, let's not get lost in any given way. But there was the, the RV was a, such a great beacon. Everyone knew where that was. So if anybody got separated or if there was a, you know, we were in that Moby rave thing probably for an hour. And I think we were all separated. You know, we didn't know what was going on in there, but right. um well, what that's, was what was going on in there? Part of though. it, I would say, for that time that we were in it, um, like for an hour, and then it was enough. What was the rave like to you? Like, what <laughs> were the sights and sounds and smells of the of the rave hangar? Well, there was uh, the things that stuck out were the um, I don't know the jocks with the uh, with the um, with the prom dresses and the. Uh, mentholatum in the in the the masks in the face masks there was there was like some things that i was trying to figure out why what was happening um but i i was really fixated on the vip bathrooms on the top floor and i was trying to get up to them to use them i didn't make it <laughs> the one the one beacon of shining hope at the end of the rave uh, a, it was like a there's clean gotta toilet. be a nice place to, to go to the bathroom around here like there's that one place i, I want to go there yeah you're one of the few uh lucky people that like brought their own toilet uh you, you know i mean at least you had the rv to fall back on because well we did we did but i'm we weren't rv aficionados and we didn't realize that rv toilets aren't designed for extended even even three or four days with four people we we brought tiki torches and those tiki torches acted as uh plungers at some points to uh <laughs> yeah i mean we 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 uh we ended up having to go out uh, just before jewel um on the last day and and empty because we were full that okay, so even <laughs> even those that brought their own toilet were still left at the <laughs> yeah. mercy of the Woodstock yes. ninety nine poop gods. There's a lot of poo. There's a lot of poo. Out there. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, not not. <laughs> so well, you know, uh, I'll just go ahead and, and skip to this question, then we'll get back to the timeline here. <laughs> I have to ask everyone. So, did you actually poop on the Woodstock ninety nine grounds? Like, did you go into one of the porta potties, or did you no. figure something else out? All right. We did have. Uh, I mean, I guess that my wife is pointing out that there was. A, after our, uh, I mean, to be absolutely, you know, this is a, 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 the actual truth, is that once that the 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 RV toilet filled up, a couple of times, I guess there was some poops in boxes, and they were on the ground. So, um, I'm so gonna say yes. Some some of our parties did poop on the Woodstock grounds. Well, you know, I don't know what happened to those boxes, but I'd like to think that like an <laughs> ambitious looter, uh, getting a little too greedy, stumbled upon them and excited to steal more merch, <laughs> tore it open and uh, got what he deserved. So it's it's day two now. You you went to the rave Friday <laughs> night. It's Saturday. This is arguably the most notorious day of the festival. Well. I mean, which is interesting because that's not the day that all the fires happened, but it's the day Limp Biscuit played and the crowd really seemed yeah. crazy. Was there a difference in the air between day one and day two that you could feel upon entering? Well, so we, so where, where we were stationed was sort of on the, well, facing the stage, we were off to the left side. That's where the RV part, uh, well, maybe everyone was part, I don't know how the parking went, but, but we were like, so we were very far away from, from the left side of the stage and um we were kept pretty much awake all night by the moby rave thing so i can't imagine everyone wasn't um so if there was you know I, if nobody got any rest i mean even the people that were trying to have rest so and i think when we woke up what i recall is that it was just freaking hot again and you know, you didn't want to eat. You know, we had food in the in the RV, but of course, you want to just get into the festival, start looking around at stuff, and um, and and trying to find some food. And I rem I recall that there was no, I don't, I'm not sure this is totally true, but there was a lack of available food on Saturday morning. In that, um, you know, 
we wouldn't have tried too hard because we could go back to the RV. Um, so if there was the lines were way too long or something, we would have just gone back to the RV. But we did not find any food or sustenance or anything Saturday morning. And it was super, 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 super hot. So do you, do you think that the the like you're saying like the lack of availability or you're starting to see the lines build up? Would that be indicative of the, of the festival running out of supplies now, which would then in, then turn start the price gouging and stuff that ended up happening? Like, do you think that like they were just hit so hard Friday that even by Saturday they were kind of running thin on supplies? That would make sense to me. I mean, we were we were trying to get some. Uh some hippie food friday night too and uh, the lines were super long but we did make it through and on saturday as i recall it just there wasn't food was not something we were buying out a anymore uh, we were just getting it from the rv and um and the stores and stuff i think we did some there's a lot of uh, retail shopping stuff i think we did some of that uh, like uh, what kind of stuff but, do you remember being sold like in the vendor villages uh, I bought some bug eye sunglasses, which I thought were, it was but 99, you know, it was like, rave, yeah. So, um, I got those and, um, they, you know, just, just real, you know, uh, shake down street kind of just paraphernalia and, and glass and shirts, lots of shirts. But as I felt, I, I did, you know, I bought a couple of them, but I felt that those shirts were not, not as cool as the ones I brought. So right. uh, maybe I was doing a little, uh, you know, a uh, competitor, um, right, yeah, you had your own thing going. Yeah, and how were your shirts selling by Saturday? Were you still sitting on a on a stock load, or were they, or were you running low? So Saturday, I think is Saturday the day that the event happens with the shirts. Yeah. So Saturday we had so okay, so we had been there for like I guess three days now. This is the third day, and the shirt that you have, that shirt right there, which I designed that based on a shirt that I had when I was uh, much younger that said Hawaii 76 on it. And it was like the same layup. So I actually, uh, I, I took that from that. And, um, I had, we had sold all the hot wheel shirts and then we had one huge box full of those shirts. That Which is like an American flag esque print, uh, that just says yes. Woodstock 99. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the Woodstock's in like star, uh, stars and blue. And then the, uh, 99 is in stri uh, stripes, or right? Red, black, and um, the we were so I got ballsy and I'm like I'm just taking the box in there instead of just doing the backpacks, you know, to, with a few of them in there. And the box probably had a couple, like 200, not not 200, probably a hundred, maybe maybe a hundred, let's say. And um, I, it was heavy though. I mean, it had like such a like a quite a heft to it. And, and it was a big box and I was just carrying it in like a fool <laughs> and we're, we're in the, in, I, I sold a couple and then somewhere in the mid midway, um, this golf cart just swoops up on me, grabs the box and puts it in the back of the, of the cart. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Blah, blah. And they're like, you're bootlegging and this is in the Woodstock and the blah, blah. And I'm like, give those back. And they're like, no. And I'm like, F you, whatever. And then so um, I watched them drive over to the tower. And um, so I, I followed them over there. My wife's with me. Um, and we, wa we walk over there. And we walk in. I can see the golf carts there. We walk in. And I see the box of shirts sitting on the table. I see everyone running around, kind of like – and they're like, just you stay over there. They yelled down at me, you stay over there or something. And I just grabbed the shirts and I walked out the door and just started running. And um, I and eventually I just stopped running because no one was chasing me. Right. <laughs> so and we lost like I think we lost like 12 shirts in the in the commotion. But uh, yeah, one of which I, I probably have. Which I know I, I those I, I don't know which where those went. So I only lost 12 out of all the shirts. And that was through that event. That's crazy. It's, it's also funny, like that you were able to get in with them, you know, and then they would be taken from you like later on, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just stopping you at the gate with a giant box of fucking bootlegged wares. Well, I don't think that on Saturday, 
I don't think the gate was, I don't think the fence was down, but we, I don't recall that there was nothing. There was no, uh, you were walking in, I believe Saturday morning from what I recall, I walked in with that big box of shit. I didn't throw it over the fence and, you know, have my wife meet it or anything. Nothing weird. We walked, just walked in with them. So they didn't, there was nothing as far as I recall. It could have been a box full of grenades. Yes, it could have easily have been. That's so crazy. So now that the day's going on, like the the grounds are starting to get nastier, the toilets are filling up, the people are getting a little more aggressive. You have the big three of Woodstock '99 playing, the Limp Bizkit, Rage, and Metallica. Where are you in the midst of all that going on? Uh, so okay, so Saturday night. Well, our big our big thing was to see Chemical Brothers. Nice. So, um. We, we had to make sure uh, to see them. Uh, so I'm thinking that I'm, if I'm looking, we saw Limp Bizkit at the very, very beginning. We were pretty close, maybe. I, I mean, it's hard for me to remember. I just remember hearing the big songs. And then we were way farther back and we heard Rage. Um, but we were halfway, like almost to... Uh, to uh chemical brothers by then right and that and that i mean chemical brothers to me is one of the most like it's the least talked about uh of of like some of the bigger acts that that played um probably because nothing bad happened it seemed like it was a good time like what what was that set like because if i remember didn't it start raining at some point or or they had to stop them for a second and announce that there was like a light lightning and and stuff like that like just uh describe the scene of chemical brothers at woodstock i think there i mean I'm sure if there was uh, if there was lightning happening, I probably thought it was in my mind because I was I was spaced out a little bit. Maybe is the word. I don't know what I was right <laughs> there, but I was I was having a great time. What I what I remember is going, how are the Chemical Brothers going to be entertaining on stage? And um, and I went there and I just remember seeing long hair flying as buttons were being exaggeratingly pressed and we were right up in front i mean we, they were right there i have pictures which i uh they're, they're all blurry it's like one of the you know, it's just like, <laughs> so it's literally like your vision at the like yeah it's <laughs> exactly what i was seeing in, in my own eyeballs and um they were they were, i remember them being really i was excited to see them and, and pretty happy to see them so I, I took, I, I guess as I, as we're talking about this, I see how I just took like the mystic daisy path through the choose your own adventure at Woodstock 99. Right. Yeah, I, we didn't get, we, we were very wary and old enough to be wary, perhaps. Um, like you don't want to get in the big mess. Like we, we kept a, a pretty uh, constant vigil on not getting locked into, into uh the dirt you know we didn't want to get involved right well now speaking of the dirt how gross like are you it guys was, getting you know th- it, was throughout this? Uh, it was gross i mean again we saw the mud fight we saw the big mud slinging through the air thing and you know maybe we got a little on us but we were just outside the boundaries we were just like with our little uh, somehow we had a bubble around us that didn't let us get to we did go to the. We saw that we we did an entire tour of the of the grounds and saw how desperate in some places. Um, but I would have to say, even the people that were in the in the muddy mess, there wasn't a lot of complaining because everyone was having a good time in in the moment. Right now, when would you say? Because now you know Saturday's winding down there. When would you say kind of like? the unrest started setting in with people or like, you know, as Sunday comes around now and the place is completely trashed, you know, like, like literally, uh, you know, were you starting to feel an attitude change or did it still seem like everyone's having a good time as long as you're on the outskirts of everything? Well, so Sunday, what what the frick happened? So Sunday morning, it was Willie Nelson. Yes. So we was, it was another fairly, I don't remember rains coming through or any refreshingness, but I do, I do actually probably recall there was some lightning or something um, on Saturday night. Um, And then Sunday was, Sunday was pretty sunny. I think in the morning, as far as I recall, Um, my wife's like, I just can't remember anymore. Um, The, 
and we so we did see Willie Nelson. We basically parked so Sunday. We moved up a little bit. I think people had moved in the parking lot, and we zip zip zipped a little more forward towards the left side of the stage, much more towards the uh, facing the stage left side. And um, and we saw Willie Nelson, and we saw we missed Al Green. Um, well, everyone did. Al Green canceled uh, last second. Oh well, that's why we missed him. Yeah, so don't, makes... don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we saw Willie, and I've got pictures like right up close. And then um, I want to say I'm looking at the set. I think we must have seen Brian Setzer because I we really liked him back then. And then I'm guessing that at uh, you know at that at that point. It was trashed, lots of water. You know, there was there's no way to clean up all the garbage. So that's all I recall as the leftovers. And we shied away from going into the village that you could. Um, we didn't go back that way too much. I have to say, we stayed sort of between our RV and the stage at this point. I, and I, yeah, sure, we were sensing that the place was falling apart, right. and at some point. Uh, I don't know when that wall came down. Do you, do you, can you tell me when that happened? I can't recall specifically. It must have been Sunday. Yeah, morning. So Sunday is generally when when the really big chunks start coming down and people start coming in. And a lot of people think it's because, you know, people are like, fuck it, it's the last day. If we're going to sneak in, you know what I mean? Like, now's the day. And then also tensions were running so high that that's when you start seeing people from the inside breaking it. At the same time, people from the outside getting in through the broken areas. So everything starts coming together. Yeah, because I recall I recall that because we 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 have a couple of uh, souvenir chunks of the wall. And, That's incredible. Uh, and um, does uh, so I'm trying to so yeah so we we definitely we must have done another tour to see what kind of uh, damage and what was still available there. Oh yeah, well, well that was Monday morning actually. Um, that was after um, the uh, or Sunday. Yeah, someday I can't remember exactly, uh, but we yeah we did look around. It was there, it was totally trashed. The uh, the walls were coming down. We grabbed a couple pieces then, Wait, and then you, when you I'm, grabbed the pieces, did you yeah. like were, were people tearing it down around you? And you just like or, yeah. or, or did it seem like it, what was that scary at all, or did it seem kind of jovial? I, you know, I feel stupid because it because the whole time. <laughs> We were just we were feeling we weren't feeling the love of Woodstock '99, <laughs> but we were we were feeling like, you know, this is just some crazy shit going down. Nothing too too dramatic, you know. It did not seem because we were caring. We were definitely caring for ourselves on purpose, expecting that a expecting this from a from a festival, expecting some sort of a, um, you know. Some light Just, chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of what you want. Um, but then again, yeah, we all know what, what you know, what transpired. But I am I will show you, I, I can share with you the pictures that I took on the night on Sunday. And we got back specifically Elvis Costello. We went to the campground because our pooper was overflowing. And we didn't know how to even use the pooper, like the, uh, the uh, sewer... <laughs> We didn't know that there was a tube in the bumper, so we just positioned the <laughs> RV over the hole and oh just pulled God. the thing. And like, just, so your <laughs> RV took a crap. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> like the RV pooped itself. Like, it did. It totally did. It was a good shot, though, because when we when we pulled away, it wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah, and you only get I one. Mean, you only I get one I shot. Ashamed. I wasn't ashamed at that time. We thought we did it right. We we did it right. That's wow. Right. That's so fucking funny. Like even on the, see Woodstock 99 is the poop is contagious. Like even if you tried, like, you know, you had a septic tank, you had all that shit and you still let it, you know, you had to spew it out into a hole just it like many attendees. Somewhere. It yeah. has to go somewhere. So, so we, yeah. So what happens after to... that? What's that? Well, yeah. After that, what, what, what goes on? So, the, um, so we're simulcasting through the RV. Uh, it's simulcasting on local radio. And we, I think we're, we're done. I guess we I, we must have showered at the campgrounds and gotten, like, <laughs> freshened up. Did we? Yeah. And I, and I had, uh, like, a couple bottles of uh, Jose Cuervo, those big gallon handles that were margarita. Oh, but yeah. they have the Cuervo built in. And we hadn't had those <laughs> all weekend. In. So I'm just like, let's, let's start it on these. 
and Jules on on the simulcast. So we're like, we got to hurry back. We want to see Jewel. So we, it was only not too far, like maybe 10 minutes to get, it was very easy to get back in at that point. And we pulled up like right side stage, like really close, but with, with a great angle, the walls down, we're only a few cars in from the, from the road that, you know, circles the, the fence. Right. And the fence is down. So we can just, we can be in our RV and see the whole show. We what? can walk, you know, in and out and just and have our, you know, margaritas. And it was just a free for all at that point. That's awesome. It's like a drive in. It was, it was totally like a drive in. It was just a, 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 with the concession stand that was, uh, you know, just all the fun things happening around there. But we want, I, I have pictures of, you know, just right next to the fires, right like the guys up on the, the on one of the speaker towers pulling that down. The fires are happening. You, you can see about a dozen, fifteen fires in the background, and then the one big fire that's right sort of by where we're at. And it was like our neighborhood fire of burning everything. <laughs> so when that starts happening, I mean, are you guys starting to get worried? Like did like did the calculated like expected chaos that you were just saying, you know, when you saw the wall being come down, did that start to change in your head to like, oh, this is getting a little more serious now that there's fires popping up? Well, you know, freshly plied with the uh with the Cuervo margarita jug. Um I was not yes, the the ladies were feeling it. I was like Wow, this is really crazy. But no one was like grabbing me and throwing me in the fire, so I didn't feel right. um, you know, I, I I I was definitely again buzzed the entire time. It was it was it was pretty much fun. Um but we did withdraw somewhere around um you know, let me stand next to your fire. I remember feeling like everything was was out of control right when that was happening like i i felt like that was um sort of the indication that oh yeah they just said it's everything's okay just more fire or something right. so we started to withdraw at that point but we did not leave the rvs the rvs may be not our fortress, our fortress. yeah i would say that we were not a hundred you guys are like the doomsday preppers of Woodstock '99, like with a bunker already in place and supplies, just, just right there with the with a grand <laughs> window to all the uh, you know destruction. Were, were you seeing people like you know? Were you starting to be aware of like the looting and stuff that was happening, or were you far enough removed to where you didn't even realize that it was happening like that? We did not. Well, we one it, was it Saturday or, or, or Monday morning? I think Monday morning. Um, we. The cops were out, but we were still in the parking lot. And um, no, we knew shit was going down. We we knew shit was going down, but we didn't see it. Yeah. So we wanted to go see what had happened. So Monday morning, it's like it's no, it's no longer hot. I remember it being pretty cloudy. Um, there's the big brim cop, you know, the, the the state police or whatever they are with the big brim hats. Right, they're everywhere. But they're not stopping us at first from walking in, which we did. And I have pictures of all this, the, the smoldering uh, semi-trucks and everything. And uh, not very, very quickly, you know, within maybe, you know, a minute or two, we had someone come up to us and, and say, you know, just go away already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done with you. I mean, was it surprising at all taking that stroll through and being like, oh, like, you know, being so removed yeah. from it when it was happening? Were you guys like... Oh fuck! Yeah, like, it was like that. We were totally in our. We were very isolated in our little, uh, in our little bunker, as you call it. Um, we knew stuff was going because, again, simulcast. I think they were. I think we were getting a lot of it on the radio. That stuff was happening, and so we were like, "Well, we're not. We're not going back in there at night." You know, like in the pitch black. With, right, and you guys have all that cash from from selling your shit. Oh yeah, well. How did we? I think we hit. We had a hiding place on the RV. I remember it was a little. It was hard to get to. It was like we were a little concerned about that. Um, right. Yeah. But spend more we time looking for a, a money we hiding a fourth, place. Yeah. We were with a fourth person who was a 
six foot five. He was twenty years old than us. He was six foot five. He was kind of like the he was chaperoning us through the. <laughs> but he just disappeared. I mean, he disappeared the whole time. Out. We, we had no idea what he was trading shirts. Uh, you know, for he traded shirts for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, hey, you know what? It's been over 20 years. I don't think anyone's getting uh, popped for trading bootleg shirts for fucking acid or whatever it is. I don't think so. So (laughs) now that it's the day after, you know, you you guys, you know, load up your shit and and all that stuff. What are your thoughts like looking back on it now? You know, now that there's a documentary, you know, HBO had that documentary come out and now there's a new documentary. They just got announced that podcast 99 actually contributed to like, do you think it's worth talking about? Do you think there's bigger societal implications within it? Or do you think it was just a crazy weekend? No, I think that if you, I think that the history will show that, you know, there's, this uh, there's an aggressive movement uh and young white men i'm guessing you know and i sort of tie some lines together i sort of feel like i missed that i missed it by just you know a few uh, like i'm a gen xer so i just missed maybe this feeling that i've i've seen it you know and i've been i was a red-haired kid growing up so i've been the sort of a i've had aggressiveness shown towards me just kids at school right so i knew that there was like this uh, sort of thing but when i was there in, in that um that environment i just you know i no one we didn't experience no one that. did anything to us um but i was you know i didn't get, do anything to them so right, like yeah if i, if I bump someone's shoulder i don't know i mean i just didn't do that i made sure not to do that. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, you guys being more into the Willie Nelsons and Brian Setzers as opposed to like the Godsmacks and the Kid Rock yeah. prob- probably sequestered you a little bit from what For Woodstock sure. 99 is known about. And you guys kind of saw the unspoken yeah. side of it, which is where people actually had a good time. Yeah, We had a great uh, weekend. We were beat. It was a lot of fun. We went to bed by two and we woke up at eight in a bed yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking about some of the other people we've had on the show. And I'm like, they're going to listen to this and just fucking grit their teeth. Like, yeah, they, yeah. You know, like, like oh, yeah, we paid for a hotel room, but I ended up sleeping in a blanket on the fucking ground because I couldn't find my friend. Meanwhile, you guys are in a drive-in with, like, your own shitter. Like, oh, I mean, with the TV and, the, and that was 99. It was, it was awesome. It was it was uh, pretty much exactly everything I, I could have hoped it would have been with in our uh, expectations, uh, yeah. we did not expect the bad things to happen, of course. Were, now, when you heard like some of the more severe things, like some of the really yeah. nasty sexual assaults and, yeah. and you know yeah. some of the arrests, did that come as a surprise to you? Or was it like, a, oh, I, I can imagine that happening where we just were at? It was, it, you can only imagine it happening in a city of however many people were there because right. uh, there's just odds of things like that happening. Uh, we did not. Uh, we didn't know. And my wife is saying, uh, "This is Bridget yeah. right here. She's uh, uh, my wife." Hey, Bridget. yeah, welcome. Hi. Yeah, I, you know, while we were there, we had no idea that there was all this awful, awful stuff happening. And you know, watching that documentary that was just recently released, it it made me cry. I had no idea that all of this sexual assault was happening. We were definitely in our little fortress bubble of the RV. Right. And, and, you know, I guess maybe like you, you mentioned part of it was that we were seeing different performers that maybe, you know, didn't, um, you know, lead to that kind of behavior. Right, but, or at least cater to the crowd that participated. Right, right, yeah. right, right. I, I, and again, you know, uh, Primo was Primo was thirty. I was in. I was you know mid twenties. So we we definitely felt old there. So <laughs> we, we were seeing the old the older performers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And well. And I guess that that kind of kept you safe. Yeah, there wasn't a lot yeah, of behavior. So. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of behavior that ever made me feel unsafe. And I just feel, you know, mortified that so many uh, women suffered. It, it's just awful. That that documentary literally made me, you know, cry. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's really harsh, you know, and especially with music festivals being so prevalent now, it is kind of, you know, it, I mean, it's fascinating and super dark to look back at this one specific one where, again, you know, you have folks like you that had this great weekend with all these planned out and you had your own little adventure, but then there's people that literally had the most frightening worst time of their entire life, yeah. you know, and no, but that's kind of what the experience of living on planet Earth is in a way. It's like a microcosm um, and it's a sign of the times, you know, at, at, the, at the time, you know, you were, you could have been at the Willie Nelson show or you could have been you know, <laughs> at the, in the Limp Bizkit pit. It's, you know, there's two paths to take. Like you said, you took the uh, the pleasant choose your own adventure. It was side. a choose your own adventure experience for sure. So now my understanding is you still are pretty active on eBay uh, and, and you have some pieces of the wall up there. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone uh, where they can find your wares and kind of a little bit about what you sell? Oh, right on. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of things. Uh, I, I've told you about that. I also, what I didn't tell you about is in, in the mid 2000s, I had a tiki bar sort of at the beginning of the uh, tiki, tiki bars um, called Kahiki Moon in Burlington. And uh, that only lasted a year. Again, I'm a little, a little early to the party. But uh, eBay, I've done off and on forever. So um, I'm at uh, Modern Asterisk Love, but the asterisk is an actual asterisk. Gotcha. So it's Modern Asterisk Love. Uh, on eBay, and um, I do have a piece of the wall up there right now. I've got two pieces. Um, the price is an experimental price. I mean, if somebody <laughs> really wants to buy it, please just you know whatever. Uh, um, yeah, me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. I don't want to do business sure. on the air. Yeah. Um, and um, I I I sell mostly like sort of stuff from the 20th century. I I had a store where I sold really high end mid century modern. Uh, Danish modern furniture and Noel and Herman Miller stuff, which all, you know, came from the beginning days of eBay. And uh, now I sell mostly small stuff. I've retooled and uh, we are now a selling team. Bridget has uh, joined me in my eBay adventures and um, you can find me there. And also uh, oldschoolartifacts.com. If I ever get my website updated, that'll be a good place to go to. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds great. I mean, you guys sound like uh, an increasingly fun couple to be around. I'm so glad that we had uh, both of you there. You know, uh, we had, you know, your wife in, in the wings there. So, um, Thank you. yeah, we're going to talk to you very soon. I want, I want to talk about that some of that wall that you got some of that sweet, sweet, uh, peace wall, but thank you so much for coming on primo chemo. And, uh, we'll be you sure to it. share any pictures you allow us to, that you want to send on over. And thank you guys both for coming on the show today. Right on. Thank you very much for having us. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, that was fascinating and amazing. It's kind of fun to get the uh, perspective of a Woodstock 99 bootlegger. It sounded like they were sitting pretty uh, in their RV, uh, even with um, the whole shitter tank debacle. But, uh, you know, such is life. Sometimes you don't realize that there is a, uh, a tube in the bumper, as they say, or as I just said. So... With that being said, folks, for exclusive Podcast 99 and Culture Dumps materials like bonus episodes, research materials, videos, etc., please sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. If you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, send us an email at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'll see you at Woodstock.